1: It's interview time again as returning favorite author and liberation mentor Nick Gregory Addis joins us for a great talk, including speak with people like they can read your mind because they can, beware of folks offering poisonous advice, at long last Bellelli reveals his highest form of meditation, OSHA, great penmanship, and just because you're a master of the force does not make you a good guy. You've seen the movie. And now asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers, and my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli, as we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to
0: open your mind. For the Drunken Taoist podcast, begins now. Welcome to episode 157 of the Drunken Taoist podcast. Today... Uh, Nick Gregoriades, who has been on this show a couple of times already, is going to be stopping by for a fun chat. Nick is an awesome human being, so great time chatting with him. Before we get going, a couple of quick shout-outs. One big one to our enduring sponsor, Omnit.com. If you go at onnit.com forward slash Taoist, you get an automatic discount on a bunch of their products which, if I may say so myself, are quite amazing. Today, for example, it's one of those days where my brain was just not kicking in. Halfway through the day, I was sleepy, I was out of it, kind of foggy. Took Alpha Brain. Uh, Personally, I recommend the one in powder form. The pills, for whatever reason, weren't working on me. The powder works amazing. Boom, I'm awake, I'm ready for action. That stuff helps me a whole lot. I really like it. So check them out. Even if you're not into supplements, they have workout gear, clothes, bunch of other good stuff. So check them out. Also shout out to grasslandbeef.com. They have been sending us some incredibly tasty food for both Rich and I have been sampling. Next time, right now I'm doing the intro on my own, but next time when Rich comes back, we'll... Uh, We'll have him tell you all about his grassland beef experience. It's awesome. that's all I can tell you. So if you do eat any kind of meat, fish, anything of that sort, check them out at grasslandbeef.com. Really high quality stuff. Of course, shout out to Blue Chew. Uh, you guys know it. I love Blue Chew. They are... It's one of those products that just mentioning them makes me happy. Promo code DRUNK, DRUNK, gets you to try Blue Chew for free. I think you only have to pay, I believe, $5 for shipping, and that's it. Blue Chew makes sex life so much more fun. And uh, what else do I need to say, I think? Oh, quick shout-out to uh, Danny Womack from Snow Roast Coffee. If you, if you guys drink coffee, you might as well check snowroast.com. Uh, use the code TAU and the number 18 to get a discount again okay, TAU18 at snoros.com. they're sweet folks they listen to the Drunken Tauis so I figure why not support a business that's made by fans of the podcast um, Sav is helping me record right now oh that reminds me Savannah's beautiful Rush Guard the Tomoy Gods and Rush Guard that can be found at nevertapgear.com in addition to that, NeverTap also makes um, knee braces. They started making new products that they are pumping up constantly for people who are into jujitsu or working out in general. So, check these guys out. Having said all that, I would just like to remind you if you can please use our Amazon link when you shop on Amazon. It helps us a whole bunch and you don't have to spend an extra dime with that in mind, I will shut up, or rather, no, I will not shut up, I will actually start the episode, so there will be a lot of talking, but non-unrelated talking, so let's get going. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is a rare three-time return for he uh, joined a very restricted range of guests who have been at the Drunken Towers for three times, Mr. Nick Gregoriares. Hey, Nick, what's going on? My man, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Daniele, truly. It's always... Uh, you guys are missing out because you don't have the A, the visual experience <laughs> of this and B, the vibe experience of this because only voice come through. But you should see Nick is sitting there. He's just radiating happy content. Uh, there's a you know, you walk around him and you're just like, ah, oh, my day sucks. And you go by him and he's like, oh, my day's not so bad. Life is good. <laughs> That's great, man. It's like there's this weird positive energy That's radiating fantastic. from everywhere. That's not a bad gig. Huh? Yeah, I approve. So tell
2: us your secrets. Well, man, I you know, funny, I was thinking about it in the car, man. I I listened to a, a, a self-help series by a guy called um, Eben Pagan, mm-hmm. also known as David D'Angelo, right? A very successful guy. And that self-help series, I listened to it when I was maybe 25 years old. It was called um, On Being a Man, right? And it was the premise of this um, particular series was that in the West, uh, you know, in, in indigenous, every single indigenous culture had a rite of passage that took a boy to a man. He mm-hmm. went through this thing that crist- crystallized the masculine archetype in his psyche. Yeah. And that was the point where you're like, okay, I'm a man. And like we, most of us didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Right. And this, this course on being a man was designed to fill that, that gap it was designed to help you fill in the, the things you're yep. missing. And one of the things he said stuck out with me. And he said, "Have you ever been around a guy who just, whenever you're around him, you just know that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> you know? And I just thought, thought to myself, man, that is the guy I wanna be. Right. That is who I want to be. And everything since that point I've been that's what I want to be. You that's know, awesome.
0: You know what I mean? Like So yeah. do tell Ow, what are the steps? Or I mean, of course <laughs> I'm asking a bullshit question because there are no the seven steps to being the hero sure. of your It doesn't quite ever work <laughs> that easy. But like for you, in your experience, what is it taking to embody that for yourself? Wow. That's a fantastic question. Thank you, thank you. I, I have my moments,
2: <laughs> man. I think it's it's a lot of plant medicine has been a, a big thing, you know. And and uh, I'm, I'm very wary about discussing plant medicine because w- what I do with with my jujitsu um, business, we have we're teaching a lot of kids, and sure. you know, I, I don't. Plant medicines are things that have to be ready, be respected, and you know, like. There are inherent dangers, and I don't want to be seen as this evangelist for them because there are certain dangers. And I don't want some kid to go, oh, that, guy, that guy's cool, and yeah, he no. did mushrooms, or he did ayahuasca. I should try these things because that's really not,
0: you know, it's, it's well, not a good idea. And even because, I mean, we know plenty of people who have done that 10,000 times, and they're still assholes. <laughs> so it's not that, you know, you do that, and that means sure. you become an amazing human being. <laughs> it's sure. not, you know, the, it's part of a process, but 100%. there are about 10,000 other elements in there for that to 100%, work. And 100%, Just dude. because you take the substance doesn't make you alive. 100%, and 100%. Dude,
2: I'm glad you said that. Um, that is a, a really good caveat. Uh, there's a book um, about, it's called A Fighter's Heart by Sam Sheridan. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you, you've read that. and he, We had Sam on the podcast a oh, couple of times. Oh, okay. yeah, you yeah, yeah, Sam is awesome. I think I'm quoting that book. It, it could be another book, but I think it's that one when he was talking about when When he was around guys like Naguera, the Naguera Mm -hmm. brothers, or or, or, um, uh, any of these super accomplished fighters that had been through all these insane battles and stuff, he said, these guys just radiate a sense of goodness. Mm -hmm. They just radiate like a, they're just good, solid, strong, like pillars, right? And man, I haven't had those kinds of battles, uh, like I've never been in the ufc or like you know i had a few my share of fights and competition stuff but never to that level but man i've had some battles in my mind bro i've been in the octagon of my psyche many times dude (laughs) you know many many times right right? and in fact funny enough um the last time i I did a plant medicine thing uh (laughs) it was in an octagonal shaped temple and one of the things like when we all came out of it and like I just said to these guys like, "Fuck the, fuck the UFC. This is the real octagon." You know, like, it was like because we had all just been through this right. battle, dude. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's one of the things is is using consciousness expanding things has, has definitely helped me. Uh, another one is is meditation, man. Just consistent, mm-hmm. regular meditation practice. Another one that, man, I'm really it's almost like embarrassed. I'm I'm embarrassed to talk about it and I don't really like to bring it up because there's so much judgment and stuff around it, but one of the things I man it's it's kind of embarrassing for me. And I know you guys won't judge me, but I'll share like man, I I my whole life, dude, like I've been a very sexual guy. Dude, mm-hmm. I've had a ridiculously high sex drive and you know, I've had my share of girlfriends and my share of women and stuff, and one of the things that Man like you know how porn is today mm-hmm. right like over the past few years I, I wouldn't say I was a porn addict by any stretch mm-hmm. but man several times a year I'd go through these kind of little like porn binge watching right. phases and man I never felt good mm. dude I never like every time I watched porn I I just never f- I was like this this isn't right you know and mm-hmm. I, and I'd notice the periods where I was watching porn and like jerking off and like kind of having these fantasies and stuff were always the points where my, my relationship with my wife, and my, who was my girlfriend at the time, my fiance, yeah. my, it always, it was always bad, mm-hmm. right? Or things weren't good, right? And I made this commitment about, in last year, I was like, okay, dude, I'm not wasting my sexual energy on masturbation anymore. I'm just not doing that anymore. And I'm not watching porn anymore. Just done. I made mm-hmm. that, that fucking agreement with myself. It's done. And I have noticed so many aspects of my life, including my relationship with my wife on all levels has just skyrocketed. And I know that there's so much moralistic judgment and like yeah, yeah, no, of tied course. up in the so, so
0: it's like, I'm interested in two aspects of this, that, um, there are two separate discussions there. One is the porn one that I do. I see the point in the sense that if he was just hot woman, hot man, or multiple hot women, multiple, <laughs> you know, whatever the uh-huh. combination is, but, Having sex, great. The problem is that a lot of the vibe attached with porn, is kind of nasty. There's it's sort dark, of this exploitative, yeah. dark, uh, ugly thing. If it was, to me, it's like, in fact, I like more the idea of porn than the reality. Because mm-hmm. it's like, if you just show me hot people having sex, I'm all for it. Sure. Fun. My voyeuristic self sure. say, hey, oh, look at that position. That's cool. That's it. I don't like the, all the weird because really, most of it is about power dynamics. It's about yeah. trying... And it, most so, of it is
2: is, is disrespect. Like uh, yeah, the, it's disrespectful to the, to the to the feminine energy, bro. Sure. It's it's like um, and funny enough, when I, when I do plant medicine, very often it it shows me like, man, this is this is. This is spitting on the mother goddess, right? Like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's so, not cool. So
0: that I get completely. The other one where instead that I have a different take on is the masturbation part, sure. which I consider the highest form of meditation. <laughs> to me, it's just like... I love it. I love to it. To me, it's just... And again, you know, I think it's uh, like, n- like same thing we were saying about plant medicine, same thing about 99 99- Thousand other things. What you bring to the table is more important than the thing itself. Interesting. So to me, it's like when you say, for in your case, you say, you know, cutting something like masturbation else makes me, I have zero doubt about it. Yeah. Because I think it's like anything else. It's sort of how you approach it, what your experience has been and so on. Sure. To me, it's like, I don't know, man. It's like my meditative practice is lacking, but I'm a 10th degree black belt in that department. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, man. It's like there are few things that relax me that much. Sure. And I have, uh, I mean, part of what makes me, part of what has been one of the things that I've been able to develop over time is my imagination, right? Whether sure in enough. writing, whether in storytelling, whether it's one thing or another, mm-hmm. it's like my mind is always making up wild stories, so to me, masturbation is not even just the physical act alone. It's like step one hundred in a process, okay, right? I it's see. like there's this whole world-building fantasy element sure, to it, sure. where you're really making up some <laughs> stories <I love> <laughs> that have this sexual overtone, yeah. And then, boom, you get. It. But to me, it's like it's, it's so. In that sense, it's yeah. different from uh, like I was talking to a a friend of mine, where are crack it up because he was got like man. I need to get off, but I just started, I look at myself and I'm like some 40 or some dude, that's the hand of a 40 year old dude doing this. I don't like it. <laughs> and I'm like, man, it's like, you have no idea for me. I'm in a whole other universe. Then I where Mayan like, temple. Yeah. It's like straight up. It's a sexual game of Thrones, Fair right? Enough. Where there's all this amazing <laughs> stuff happening. And then I'm just yeah. like,
2: it's like that scene in Rick and you've ever watched Rick and Morty. Yeah, uh, yeah where he that, right. his, his fantasy is to hang glide into a, a stadium full of redheads uh, right. with his father watching,
1: and like <laughs> it's just hilarious. hysterical. It's like kind of yeah, yeah. Had everybody's fantasy. That's <laughs> what happens. The,
0: yeah, it's funny though. I remember as a kid, like in high school or something, I was reading history, mm-hmm. and to me, history was super sexual because it's like he it would give me elements of starting to picture okay, what does it mean to be a peasant in 1300s Europe? It sucks in so many ways, mm-hmm. but then you get with the hot woman, and it's like, I start running, and to me, the contest, the scenario, the story, the sure. characters is what makes it fun, right? Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I have a, a thought on that, which is... Um, a friend of mine
2: once said to me, we were talking about fidel- uh, infidelity uh-huh. and how it's tough for men in the modern age, and, sure. and he said something to me which always, always stuck out, and he said... Um, you know, if you're unfaithful to your wife, the fantasy, the fantasy is always better than the reality. So you're like, you, you see your secretary and you're like, oh, she's hot. And uh, sure. just imagine being with her. And then you go do it and you live out your fantasy and you, you always at the same time sure. at the end of it, you're like, oh, why did I do that? Or it's, it's never as good as it is in your imagination. And for me, I want the reality of my relationship with my wife to supersede the fantasy. Right. So it's like almost like there's two different muscles you're exercising. I'm exercising my imagination mm-hmm. or I'm exercising my ability to be present with my wife. And they, they're
0: almost diametrically opposed. Right? Why you- do you think they're opposed? Because I dig it, like I completely get it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I don't know, I dig both. I completely see, because if you are lost in fantasy land and then you can relate to the real person next sure. to you, you got issues, sure. you know? Well, so, so this but- is the way I look at it, right? If you're lying back doing your thing, imagining...
2: Pamela Anderson, whoever it might be, sure. or the the conquest of sure, Asgard, sure, sure. which is probably right. your like um, <laughs> you are, and then you you uh, get yourself sexually aroused yeah. and you you orgasm everything. You're associating your sexual climax with imagination, right? Whereas if you are with your wife and you are really becoming present and Yep. noticing everything about her and noticing your interaction and the flow of energy and the exchange between you two. You are strengthening the connection between
0: presence and your sexual encounter. I completely get it. I think is if you get stuck in one mode. You know, because I can see it. It's like you get the fantasy is awesome, you get stuck in that mode and that that's all that is like to you sure. is like suddenly sexual excitement means wild fantasy, Game sure. of Thrones, whatever the fuck, right? It's like... To me, though, is it possible to flip the switch and be able to do both? Though When there's one kind of excitement, that's your solo session, my Daniele sure. meditation, where it's just pure fantasy land, sure. right? Don't and fuck then, with this hobby. And, and then there's like, <laughs> switch the gear, and it's not at all the fantasy one. Is exactly what you describe. It's present in the moment, into that person, and sure. that's it, you know? Yeah, and,
2: and man... I, unfortunately, am not someone who can switch Flip that it, gear. Right. You know what okay, I mean? Like, yeah. uh, which is funny because actually that's one of the things that I'm learning more about life is that things are rarely black and white. Sure. I mean, it's a theme with a lot of your work. And But for me in this particular, I guess it's almost like um, an alcoholic can't really go have a glass of wine and yeah, chill yeah, out yeah. after a well, hard day work. Right. You know what I mean? Of it's kind of that kind of thing. And yeah. uh, I guess that's where I'm at with it. Maybe one day I'll sure. I'll soften my stance. But but for now i'm on a like a, a path where i'm i'm leaving that side that that alone right and and focusing my energy on uh, and i'd also heard things over the years i'd heard about how um, masturbation is a waste of sexual energy and it
0: kind of, it drains you your masculine essence. Well, I, and I think that's also a case by case in terms of, cause I remember when like I wanted to, um, you know, we wanted to uh, have uh, our daughter. And so just for the hell of it, for the sake of let's not waste time. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go have be tested, you know, and sure. see <clears throat> sperm motility, all that shit is mm-hmm. like, is everything ready to go? And the dude was like, after doing the test and stuff was like, okay, let's keep you here for about six months. (laughs) Donate daily because you're like in the 0.01 percentile in the shit. So he's like, yeah, no, we could definitely, you
2: got it to spare. I was like,
0: Oh, I see. And if I, same guy that I was having that conversation about where, you know, it's the 40 year old hand. Sure. He's like, yeah, I have an orgasm every two weeks, and I was like, "Are you fucking insane?" Like, yeah. if I don't every single day, I, I go survive. insane. Yeah, right. and he's yeah. like, "How do you even manage to have?" It's like, it's not something I do because I plan on it. You know, it's like, sure, it's how my body it's, works. It's, yeah, it's
2: it's um, I mean, my my friend says it best. Um, my, my good friend Thomas, he says. As a man, you have certain needs, and those needs will go met one way
0: or another. Yeah, yeah, right? like and, and it varies, right? Because everybody's yeah. got a different body. Everybody's in a different stage of sure. their life. And, but it's probably also, when you talk about kind of essence or energy, sure. it varies. You know, some people have uh, naturally crazy cardio right? Well, sure. you, they are cardio machines sure. and you know, if they train, then they are monsters but they are pretty fucking good to begin with, right? Sure. And that's their body. Somebody else try to do what they do, they get wiped out. 100%, yeah. I think it's like uh, the sexual energy department somebody, you know, in my DNA put a bit too much initially. <laughs> so it's like... Yeah, he can afford to do yeah, some, Yeah, I can right? very yeah. much afford to. So it's know like, you that's, there's no
1: testosterone <laughs> deep at all. Yeah, fair enough. But you're down from six times a day. So at least yeah, that's... yeah. It's like, no, it's
0: a good, uh it's a good daily it's like you know he sits down to meditate and i have my brand of meditation fair enough. Fair enough. I, 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 the,
1: the scariest thing about all that porn on the internet is like the 12 year olds that are getting their training yeah. through that that's what's really terrifying i mean i we yeah. did not have that problem i mean to be exposed to so much VHS. insane shit but yeah. Well, yeah but even vhs that was more of a process and it yeah. wasn't on your damn phone yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
2: yeah uh, i mean I so. my my friend uh he has a, we have a, uh, a friend, I, I don't know this, this third party, but my, my friend knows him very well. And he was explaining to me how this guy went to work for one of the big porn companies. Uh-huh. And what he was doing was he was, his job, he was he was vetting the porn to stop the real dark shit getting through. Right, right? Oh like, So he was watching God. it for, that was his job, watching it seven, Jesus. eight hours a day. And he, my friend said he watched this guy deteriorate as a human being on all levels he said by the end of it like towards the end of the his six months working there he said the guy was like gollum like sh- like, Schmiegel, like all like right. all like thin and white and pale and kind of like antisocial and and uh you know I, i've got this this theory right like it's something i'm, I'm i've been putting together it's a, almost like a grand unified theory of of good versus evil i mm-hmm. guess which is that if you look at life and, uh, and the nature of the human experience everything that everything that is good and, and pure and pro life and pro like like uh, development of the species and aesthetically appealing and like the thing that's popping into my mind is um the sistine chapel michelangelo's mm-hmm. thing like think about the, the, that 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 creation of the sistine chapel right what did it take it took delay of gratification It took intense concentration, intense focus. It took um, inspiration, right? That is on the, if we look, think of a spectrum, that's at one side of the spectrum. And on that side is sitting, having a meal with your family, right? Or like holding your daughter in your arms or doing a tough workout and seeing yourself get stronger or painting or, or going out and sitting in nature and having a hike, right? And on the other end of that spectrum, there are things like sitting on Instagram, like, or going checking Instagram 60 times a day, getting that little yep. dopamine hit, or just having a McDonald's burger because it's cheap and quick and you yep. like just want that hit or, um, you know, all
0: it's kind of like, they're, they're almost diametrically opposed, right? You get, you get what I'm saying? I, I completely do. And I think the key there is not so much the action, because as you said, meal with your family, is still food versus shove McDonald's in your face. Cause it's, we're still talking food, right? Sure. So it's not what is done, it's how it's done, right? It, or the intention it's, behind it. Exactly. Yeah. One is sort of the cheap plastic imitation of the, imitation the real thing. imitation of the thing. real thing, yeah. The real thing is awesome and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And when you turn it into something else, it's not anymore. Sure. And so it's not uh, certain things are objectively good or evil. It's how you approach them and sure. how you take care of them. Exactly is what right. makes it. And I just experienced that this morning because I've t- taken this quite
2: anti-social media stance because i also noticed there was a kind of addiction forming with that as well right but this morning you know i i pulled out my phone and i have a few groups of friends and everything and i was like i was so excited to be able to connect with my friends like it was like cool i can't go see them in person now because they're on different different parts of the world but i can connect with them through this device right and i i realized it was a little lesson for me it was like it's not always black and white right there's an intention behind and sure i get it like you want to jerk off and like relax yourself and I get that dude Mm -hmm. but for a lot of people it's like it's a compulsion and they need to go watch a woman get beaten up and like choked and God knows what gets them off right like it's it's like uh, so I guess only you know only you really know if it's it's serving you or you being used by it right funny enough I spoke to Graham Hancock um, and this came up over the weekend I was discussing with some friends he was talking about marijuana is a perfect example right he said Look, some people can smoke a joint and, and relax and have amazing creative thoughts and yep. and Graham Hancock was saying how he did an ayahuasca trip, and he was shown how weed wasn't serving him it was he was in its clutches, yeah, this thing was was controlling him right? right, and I guess like it all comes down to self knowledge you have to be very aware to understand mm-hmm. what side of that of that wall you fall on is it a tool that's serving you, and that's bringing good positive energy into your life or is it something that's detrimental and uh, i guess self-knowledge is ultimately it right know thyself
0: Absolutely, and you know, sometimes there are ways to turn something that you are approaching in a dark way in a more positive way. Can you can you give me an
2: example? I'd love to. I'd love to hear. Well,
0: I mean, even something as bad, something that you have to turn, like food. You know, you don't have the option to say, "Okay, I'll just give up food." You know, it's like that's not going to happen. Yeah, for sure. So it's like to be able to make the switch from being a food addict that's not even enjoying food anymore because you're just shoving it in your ears because you're just like in this compulsion and you have this, you know, you don't really even taste it anymore to actually be able to have a relationship with food. That's healthier. Where you actually, you're still going to eat because we all have to, but not only have to, but you actually make it a good experience. And that goes
2: both ways, Daniele, right? Because this is something I've had on my mind for a long time. Funny enough, I was with some friends who are, um, physical specimens, Mm -hmm. like these guys, like eight pack, glowing with health and vitality. And, But these guys, and I make no judgments on them because I have been in this place. Sure, I have been in this place where these guys are. Like, you've heard? Have you ever heard of the uh, the the disease um, psychological disease orthorexia? No. Okay, so ortho means right or correct, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I don't know exactly what rexia means, but it's similar to anorexia. It's yeah. it's this disease whereby people have to eat well. Yeah. They they're controlled by food in a different way, which is Yeah, that's they, not good either. It's it's right. that is just as bad, man. Yeah. And and I've realized uh you know my one buddy I said to him like I said you know that you and I are very similar in that we both I kind of think I've transcended a little bit, but I think he might still be stuck there a little bit. We both believe we can control control our mortality through food or what yeah. we put in our mouth, right? Which is man, if you if you sit down your mom bakes you an apple pie and it's got sugar and yep. gluten and maybe even high fructose corn syrup and maybe even used some kind of preservative, right? I guarantee you that meal will nourish you better than a grass fed beef, <laughs> wagyu, <laughs> fucking right. lettuce hamburger that some person prepared with hatred. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? It's yeah, kind of yeah. like, it's the intention behind it. Yep. It comes back to intention, which I find, I find this kind of thing absolutely fascinating. That,
0: that idea of, um, you met Mark once, Mark Chang. We went yes. to yeah, 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 he was actually saying the exact same thing really? you are saying because he was saying, look, of course you want to eat well. Mm-hmm. That's a given. You know, there are certain things that are objectively healthier than others. But the vibe behind it, if it's more the stress of you thinking, oh, I've had too much sugar today, I cannot touch this thing, and suddenly yeah. then you approach versus you actually enjoy it, sometimes that process of just enjoying it and the vibe behind it can override 100 the less healthy choice and it can even be
2: a net positive i mean you know like you've seen that story about all these uh, centenarians who they like one of them has a cigar every day yeah, yeah, the other one like she loves drinking she drinks like three cokes a day and everything yeah. it's because probably their their consciousness is, is vibrating at such a high level and the the positive energy they receive from that ritual literally supersedes yep. anything
1: that chemically it could be doing in this system
0: it's like my daily masturbation <laughs> <laughs> exactly that <laughs> yes 100%. Oh, that is fascinating when
1: you think you know a nice meal that your mom put together for you even if it is pasta uh, compared to some burger that's some kid that hates his job yeah 100%. from beef that's been standing in its own shit the whole time it was raised mm-hmm. uh, there's quantum entanglement everywhere 100 yep. percent. there's no question that and the way we treat food that just grab the drive through and shove it down your throat, we don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's something we all have to do, obviously. And if you would take that hour and a half at lunchtime and take your time yep. and enjoy the meal and chat and have an, it, something like that could fix a society in a big way. Dude, I mean, we a, don't take time for any of the good shit anymore. For sure. We're always racing
0: yep. for something we can never achieve. 100%. That's why, in fact, something like learning how to cook is such an art, and I don't mean just art because the result is amazing, but even the process itself, like cooking, can be a meditation, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, what definitely. I mean? Because it's like that's an amazing thing you can do for yourself and other people, by the I way. Because you cook. make it. right, I it's love a, it. And
1: Gardening, unbelievable yeah. how yep. I'm watching my zucchini sprout out of nice. the ground right now and nice. just cannot wait. I heard from a, a very actualized man, a
2: very actualized man, that um, he said one of the reasons we are all so insecure in the modern age on a deep subconscious level there's a deep insecurity within us is because we are disconnected from our food supply Mm -hmm. big time like you know like we if you're hungry you go to the supermarket you go to the restaurant right back in the day if you're hungry you go shoot the rabbit or you grow your zucchini or whatever it is but you knew you were self sufficient you knew
0: i'm connected to the land i'm connected i can i can grow what i need Right. we need to send you an episode we just did like I, by the time we release this, it's either one or two episodes ago. We just did an episode with our friend Lauren Atkins, and he's exactly the whole episode is on this topic. Oh, really? Because he's a master gardener, right? Like okay. he can grow anything, and he has this old, very holistic approach to gardening. And sure. what he's saying is exactly that. It's like the disconnection that exists today. Because, realistically, I mean, think about human history. Never as much as today, a percentage of the population has been alienated from the food they eat the mm-hmm. way they are today mm-hmm. you know for all of human history up until this point the percentage of people involved in food production was higher than it is today and there's something that gets lost there there's something that gets lost when you just grab food off a plastic bag as opposed mm-hmm. to and i'm not saying all your food need to come everybody need to become a farmer mm-hmm. that's probably not realistic but have some kind of relationship with food you you eat. It's so important. Even
2: even if that relationship just happens one time, even if you go and, like Rogan always talks about, you know, hunting the deer and and realizing what that's about and realizing, okay, damn, the hamburger doesn't come from... Yep. Fucking, it's, you know what I mean? It comes from somewhere, right? Yep. Something had to die to give that to you. And yeah. I think
0: there's something to that, right? There's definitely something to that. Tomatoes in the garden, even just sure. basic, right? It's yeah. just a tiny little plant where you see it, you nourish it, and it, then you put it on the table. Man, that tomato not only is going to taste amazing because it does, because it's better than some crap that has been sitting on a shelf yeah. for two weeks, but there's more than just, oh, it's organically done and it's nice. It's, there's a history with that sure. food. And sure. you will taste it. It's uh, going to be like, dude, this I is totally fucking awesome. There's totally something there where... The, the magic ingredient is love, man. There's no question 100%. about it. And some of it goes back to my imagination idea that oddly enough, even with some random store bought food, if you put tomatoes in my plate and I just eat it, okay, it's one thing. It tastes good, whatever. If you put tomatoes in my plate and as I'm eating it, I'm actually thinking like field in somewhere lit by the sun sure. and I think about the process and the thing... I let my imagination run. Man, that tomato tastes three times Damn. better.
2: I've never I've never actually used that particular technique, but I'm gonna try that.
0: It's yeah. and I think to me is like where I find that my imagination is both my blessing and curse because I can make the most mundane thing amazing in a way that will resonate with me in a good way, as well as I can turn minor problems into huge ones yeah. by psyching myself out. Or make the most amazing thing mundane. Right, exactly yeah. sometimes there's well, no, that no, because the imagination is always on overdrive, okay. so the only thing that never happens is something is mundane okay right? fair everything is heightened, fair so it can be heightened in a good way or it can be heightened in a, you turn yeah, okay. a tiny thing into a huge problem where it really didn't have to I be. understand so it's uh, but yeah, it's a strange beast to ride on this wild imagination <laughs> that's making everything intense yeah. right intense is the keyword and it can be a beautiful gift or sometimes it's like can I just be normal one day can can this sure. just be what it is and for not sure. sometimes you just want to turn that off man yeah it's like because yeah. if I could control it all the time it would be heaven on earth but I can't and so sometimes the same thing that another person will go through and was like oh mildly unpleasant for me is like the apocalypse <laughs> yeah. right because I, I can't mean. turn it off and my mind keeps running with it and feeling it and going deeper into it and did
2: you ever so uh my personal process when that happens when i start you go you enter these kind of mental loops right Mm -hmm. and it's it's like this yeah uh i find it's almost like um the antidote for that to me is nature Mm. right I, i it almost feels to me if i go take a walk there's a park near my house when i when i and it's again that spectrum right the the cause of it is too much time alone too much time staring at computer screens too much time doing overly cerebral tasks sure and on the other side of the spectrum the antidote is to just go take a walk in nature and yep. it's almost like nature acts as a sponge and sucks all that stuff out of you and then the mind slows down and that's that's been my formula that make perfect sense yeah that i makes. mean i guess dude i mean imagine if obviously no one can really see this but the environment that you're in here at home where you work surrounded by these trees and it's it's beautiful dude yeah imagine if you were sitting in in a little office with fluorescent lighting like you you would literally lose your mind yeah Um, yeah yeah. that's uh that's pretty much a guarantee right there and i you know that's something i really feel i feel for people because of this new project that I'm, i'm doing um yeah, tell uh, us yeah, about Yeah, I that have to we... have to plug it. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I want to hear it actually. So, so it's predicated. It's uh, I'm calling it the liberation mentor. You know, I I when I went to, I'd followed the path. I went to school, went to college, got a job, and I remember landing in my first job, and it was one of those. It was in an office, overhead fluorescent lighting, had a boss, and the structure and the hierarchy and the whole thing. And man, I remember it was it was fucking hell. Like, and again for some people that might be heaven mm-hmm. but for the person i am yeah i was like man this is this is just like being in school i got some guy telling me what to do i got to check the clock when i can go eat lunch mm-hmm. you know like i was like man uh, this is the opposite of freedom yep. this is like i could be in prison right like and uh i i just wanted to get out of that and and you asked me at the beginning like how i have this vibe and mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is the road I traveled to get to free myself from having to do stuff like that, which was very difficult. Uh, It imparted certain gifts and and certain, you know, I I had to ask questions. I had to figure out what are the answers? How do I earn money without being beholden to the system? How do I stay uh, actualized and psychologically healthy? And and so I had to ask all these questions and, and a lot of them forced me to do things that led me to become the person that I am. Right. right? Like including meditate or go fight in a MMA match Mm -hmm. or train martial arts or, um, do plant medicine or travel or sit at the top of the mountain meditating or read books. You know what I mean? That's what led to, to, and, and I guess that's, um, what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm wanting to impart, you know, I'm just mentoring this young guy or I'm going to start mentoring him in Arizona. And, uh, where I live and, and I, I just think to myself, man, I can save this guy a lot of hassle, right? Yeah. Like I can, I can give him kind of not really give him the cliff, no, cliff notes because he's going to have to do some of the trials and tribulations himself, but For I can, course. I can give him right. a path, right? I can help him along the path because it's been my experience, man, I did this all on my own. You know, I had yeah. no mentor You know, I didn't have an older brother. My dad is as much as I love him. He didn't find the way out. He didn't yeah. find like, and, and, uh, that's what I'm doing with Liberation Mentors. I'm kind of I'm guiding. So how does that work? At this point, it's it's a one-on-one mentorship program. Uh-huh. You know, I've I've got space for twelve people at a time, and I take them through an eight-week. I call it the transformation program, and uh, I'm getting them to do a bunch of things um, that are designed to help develop the habits that they're going to require uh-huh. to become actualized men, uh, and also to develop the mindsets and beliefs that they're going to require. So I've I've created this program. It's built around certain things. I don't want to reveal too much, sure, sure, but of of um, one of them is meditation. Everyone mm-hmm. who does the program, it's a custom tailored thing. You know, uh, I, I look at the guy's circumstances and, and see how I'm best able to help him, but everyone meditates. Right. right? If you do this program, you're going to learn to meditate. And uh, I mean, we've had some great results. You know, this one kid, uh, we've got him, we got him to quit smoking. we got him, he's on his 28th day of meditation today, solid. He'd never done any of it before. Um, he's starting a, he was working a job that he hated and he's we he hasn't quite transitioned but we, he's got a path he knows yep. what he has to do yeah um and so that's what i'm doing man and it's uh Sweet. It's, it's it's been fun I mean, it's been very it's been very fulfilling I you know cause i i don't have children you know but i'm uh-huh. able to with this like i'm i'm able to guide these these guys and it's it's been very fulfilling it seems like there's no end to them lost
1: young men these days
2: yeah i mean it's 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 endemic right it's in, like some of, the, some of the kids I see today, and like, it's like these kids have never had any challenge. They've had constant, unrelenting access to any kind of stimulation they want, yep. including porn, Instagram, anything, dude. Like, sure. you want to be entertained? Press a button. Press a button. There, you're entertained, right? right? Yep. And, and there's no, like, uh, man, this one kid I was, he's a, he's a child of a friend. This dude's 16, and he doesn't know how to write serious he doesn't no no he, he can read and write yeah he's he's literate yeah but he does not know how to pick up and implement and like write dude it's because he's on the computer he's on the computer all the time no. right and just and to me writing that that is one of my journaling is one of my great great pleasures in life dude literally sitting down and, and writing and the act of taking it from my head putting it into words and then putting it into the physical on a piece of paper i love that and and these kids are robbed of that, right? It's like
1: it's mind blowing. They're in big trouble. They're in big trouble. They're dude. in really big trouble. Yeah, yeah. The
0: Nick, lost, it's a lost generation, man. Nick, by the way, you—I uh, don't think you've ever seen—he has this ridiculously good penmanship. <laughs> he star. I see yeah, him yeah, do that. I can't that. Where he's to that, star- that I know I me neither, because I write yeah. like you, best yeah. pretty much. Actually, yeah. no. Sometimes you're I can't pretty even tell what to mine, But. Yeah, it's uh, you can tell that he's, like he really takes his time and writes yeah. in his beautiful way, and it's, does this all. Uh, I love it. I mean, it, it's to me that is that is one of
2: my meditations. Just, just sitting me. down and writing. I mean, one of the things for those listening, like it's it's actually one of the things I I get the guys to do in my program, and like you know, one of I think you're familiar with this, but there's something I learned. It took me a long time to learn this, which is uh, truth is always characterized by simplicity. Mm-hmm. always right like as soon as things get complex sure. they're moving away from truth right and and this thing this little tip that i'm i want to offer the people listening has made such a massive difference in my life and it is so goddamn simple the ego and the mind wants to overintellectualize it and make it like bigger th- or, or make it more complicated than it is or, or say oh this is too simple it can't possibly mm-hmm. work man at the end of each day i do this thing I've got a specific journal. It's just a notebook, a small notebook. I open it up. I write the day and the date. So today is, what is today? The 14th? Tuesday the 14th? Tuesday the 15th? I write Tuesday the 15th of April, 2019, right? And then I write down, underneath that, I I start a list, the numbers one to five, down the uh, edge of the page. And then I sit down, and I go through my day, and I think of five positive things that happened to me. Mm -hmm. Five good things. Literally, that's it. And I write them down, like, oh, I had a, good interaction with the barista at starbucks we had a good laugh we made yeah. each other laugh or had fun with danielle on his podcast that'll be one today right or um did a good workout or had great sex with my wife or whatever uh-huh. it is right it could be the littlest thing or the biggest thing but i just write down these five things and man my life gets better i remember these kids that oh, you're oh, i'm sorry no, these no kids you're
1: helping they don't they can't get to five can they <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, most of my clients are actually men. They're like like 40-year-old men, dude. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Um, I mean, I work with some younger guys, like, but man, they're, they're guys who bought into the system. They bought into the system like, okay, you go to college or you grow up, you study hard in school, you go to college, you get a good job, you have a wife and 2.2 kids and a swimming pool, and you're going to be happy.
0: And, and, the, and then
1: 2008 happens, and right? your middle management job is erased, and now you're a barista,
2: well actually funny enough no it's it's not I mean sure that could be one of the things that happens but often it's you know you you survive that and you're middle management and you fucking hate what you do. There's no fulfillment in that whatsoever, and you you're bored out of your mind. You
1: feel trapped. Feel trapped. You Feel know. trapped.
2: Buying things doesn't make you feel better because that's what we taught. Of course, like you get a bigger car, you're gonna feel better. You get that raise, you're gonna feel better. You go to the, on that expensive vacation, you're gonna feel better and
0: for about seven minutes. It for does, seven minutes, and you just it spent work. a shitload of money, that now you have to go back to the job you 100%. hate to make more. And is hundred percent. I mean,
2: we had this guy. Like, I, I I um had this guy that I I um worked with. This guy was a a stockbroker, right? Uh, he was making a million dollars a year, right? A million dollars a year. And he said, "A Simpsons since left that, he was like, man, I just wasn't happy. I was buying watches and like looking for the next car. And I, I had everything, the trophy wife, and I just was not fulfilled, yeah. right? And I think often what we're told is gonna make us happy literally is the, is the opposite of that. You know, right? it's
0: funny that we haven't really say that you think uh, ahead of this like what we are gonna talk about and some of the points you are touching on are exactly <laughs> the things that we have been uh, playing with lately interesting that like a lot of the last episodes have been like from the food one to exactly what you're saying right now about fulfillment work sure. money sometimes succeed like we had a, an episode that was about you know kind of winning the rat race and feeling nothing you know you yeah. won the game and you're miserable as you're still, hell. You're still a rat, right? Yeah, and it's <laughs> uh, you know, and, and that's I think yeah. the one thing that I'm really fascinated with what you're doing is that there's obviously a huge demand for that because there's obviously the fact that a lot, a lot, a lot of people are lost as fuck, and I don't mean lost, they can't get stuff sure. done. They may be very effective, very smart, good at their job, so they are not lost in that sense. Like but they're miserable, they, but they are miserable, sure. or they are lacking guidance in some department. And the problem is that there's a never ending supply of people willing to offer that guidance who are poison, who, you mm-hmm. know, they may offer three good tips and along with it, there's a baggage of crap that goes with it that never end. So the idea that instead you do that makes me feel a hundred times better That's about life are. because I Appreciate feel like, okay, this is somebody who actually is a good human being who has actual tips to... You know, he may have some of the same tips that somebody else has, but on top of it, he has more. And on top of it, there's none of the poison that, you know, kind of the Trojan horse all the nasty stuff sure. that hides. That's what under I, like. The, I like to think so. <laughs> totally. And I mean, I'm very confident in that department. He's so. going to be very busy. Yeah. And I and I like that because I'm <laughs> just like, you know, that's the reality is that that to me is so badly needed. Because if the problem is, if there are so many people needing it so bad that they are willing to even take it from very questionable sources, having somebody who is not a questionable source who offer that makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same mechanism why people join cults, right? When you're lost, you need something none of even the nice people in your life can give it to you. So you just join somebody who's offering you this uh, promise that everything's going to be okay. The problem is, while they are giving you six good things, they are also bringing 30 terrible things that are going to fuck you up in the long time. Whereas in your case, I feel like he can give you six good things, then he'll give you six more, then he'll give you six more, and then he'll send you off on your own to, you know, now you have it. Now you take care of it. I want to make
2: it clear. Look, I'm not a psychologist or a psychotherapist. Like. I mean, I had a couple of guys call me because like, I, I vet everyone. And I mean, some of these guys have s- severe issues that I, fuck, man, I just tell them, look, dude, I, I can't help you. You need to go see a doctor. But man, yeah. if, if the dude's, if he's not happy with his current situation and uh, he doesn't have a chemical imbalance and he doesn't have deep psychological issues, there are certain things which I know I can offer this guy that, that can help him. And in fact, he doesn't even need to get them from me. He can probably find them sure. on his own. Uh, I think where my value, the value I provide that comes in is Man, I've tried all this shit. Yeah, I fucking, uh, Dude, I've done it. I've yep. fucking done it, dude. Like I've gone and sat in the jungle drinking ayahuasca mm-hmm. and I've gone and get the shit kicked out of me in the boxing ring. And I've, I've tried. I, I kind of know what works and what doesn't now, right? Right. Um, and the thing I, I was thinking, uh, what came to mind while you were making your previous point is I had this big insight over the weekend, um, which is that the world... <laughs> you know, we go out. I know when I left South Africa, man, I was... I was searching for literally fame and fortune. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm leaving South Africa at 23. I want to go out into the world and make my mark and make some money and fucking get well known and like and you know I had this profound insight. You go to seek the gold, right? Because the world is is offering you. It's dangling the the carrot, or the, it's, it's 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 saying this is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But actually, that is lead, and the gold you and that sounds so cliched, but the, you have the gold already mm-hmm. you have the gold and and we give it away so quickly for the lead we it's it's a it's the biggest bait and switch in history right you have the freedom sure. the, you have the power within you and you exchange it for what the world claims as power which is the opposite it's it blows my mind. Do you guys get what I'm saying? It's all kind time. of like a, Yeah, it's interesting. It's well, worried. I mean, is
0: that the way a lot of, like if you read a lot of Buddhist or Taoist literature, it's that's we are describing what the enlightenment process is, right? It's like you're busy chasing these things outside, not realizing that all along. You know, when people say, oh, it's just within you, to most people it's like the fuck are you talking about you know that doesn't mean anything (laughs) you know and what you're talking about is a shifting consciousness which is what makes all the difference so while external circumstances are important of course that shifting consciousness is what changes everything it's the same thing we said earlier about food you know you can eat the exact same plate of food but in a state of consciousness is even gonna nourish you less than in a different state of consciousness, depending on what you bring to. So that process is you may have to go through ten thousand experiences, but the experiences are just to lead you more inside and to make you go click and make that adjustment that suddenly make everything else click into place. Yes, hundred percent. So to me it makes perfect sense. I mean it is how it is ultimately everything we experience is filtered from our consciousness sure. so that's the one spot that if you are able to touch it if you are able to work on it
2: 100% there's an expression um i know you're familiar with it um some people are so poor all they have is money right, right? but again look man i'm i'm hoping to be a wealthy man one day i'm not going to lie i'm i'm like sure. i'm building businesses and i'm working hard and i, I it's it's not all just to help people it's not all just sure yeah i'd like to i'd like to be wealthy so i can give back and expand my world and help others definitely but you know i've been around some some wealthy people that were just man it's not a judgment it's just an observation spiritually bankrupt right empty just empty dude just they had no no soul Mm -hmm. right they gave up their soul for they gave up the gold for the lead right and uh I want it all. I would like to be wealthy and, and have <laughs> the, the the golden side, but if I have to choose one or the other, I'll take the I'll take the my soul any day of the week. Well, because ultimately
0: you can still be happy. Yes. In that way. Exactly. Whereas in the other fashion, there's no way. There's no way. You know, there's no way. Uh, no money, no problems. Right. Yeah. What is that we are saying on one episode is like the only difference is that you now you can afford a designer brand of antidepressants rather <laughs> than the generic kind. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm, I'm a friend. Uh, I have a friend who I've just
2: been spending the, the week with here in LA. Very cool guy. Very, very cool guy. I'm not, I'm not going to mention his name because uh, he, he doesn't want to. He'd obviously not want to compromise the anonymity of his client. Sure. But he's a, a professional security guy, and he's worked with some incredibly wealthy people. Yeah. Right. And he was telling me he worked with um, these people who were extraordinarily wealthy. Right. Celebrities. And he said, "Man." I often ask myself this guy had Aston Martins, Lamborghinis. Yeah. He had like a yacht, the whole deal and he he said I often asked myself the, the question, would I take his all of his millions for his situation, for his circumstances? Uh but, but would I take the the his money but provided I had to take the circumstances? Right. He, and he said every single time he asked that question the answer was no fucking way! Of course, no. Yeah. Which blows?
0: I mean, it blows my mind, yeah. right? It's like, no, but it makes sense, yeah, because it's like, okay, you got a lot of toys and you're miserable. So what? Yeah, it's right. like, if I can keep, it's one of those deals where it's like, if you get to keep your consciousness and Davy's toys, yeah, there you go. That's but the if one, you have right? to jump into that consciousness, no, that's, that's the, 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 the one. to That's the one. Yeah.
1: I would love to give your thoughts on uh, America's giant problem right now is loneliness. Wow, But people are so cut off, and suicides are soaring. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that around the world or do you think that's a strictly American thing?
2: That's a fantastic question. Uh Man, let me okay, let me try and process so is is loneliness a strictly American thing? Oh. Hmm. No, man. I I think that's I, th- I think it's a it's an endemic global problem. You know, like I find the happiest I am is when I'm connecting with people, right? That that just this weekend we just did a a retreat with me and, and eight eight men and we had this amazing time and I'm man I'm charged. You mm-hmm. ask why I'm feeling so great today. It's not truth be told it's not from me. It's from the time I just spent with these dudes. Like yeah. I'm I'm charged up. It was like communion. Communion man like communion with nature, mm-hmm. with other people. And we live in a in a time where it's very easy to be isolated. Yeah, it's very easy to just sit in your room and watch Netflix. Yep. Like when you get home from work, a lot of, a lot of people just work on the computer twenty four mm-hmm. seven, right? Like they don't even need to go into work, and uh, that's all around the world, man. Like that's yeah, I've seen that in many different places. Uh, in America, it is it's definitely a little bit more prevalent because that's that's the nature of America. Everything is dialed up to eleven here, right? Yep. Like so, it's probably a little bit more prevalent here, but uh, it's definitely. It's a global ep- epidemic.
1: Well, in the sort of nuclear family that we've pushed all the years, like you, you, you kind of abandoned your extended family. Yeah. It's just mom and the kids, and that's kind of it. And then what we've been toying with is as a species, we're tribal. And if you don't have a tribe anymore and it's just you and your computer, sure, you're in trouble. 100%. Yeah.
2: Dude. I mean, and, and, and you see, like, you know, one of the things, I, I, it makes me sound like a monk, right? And I'm, I'm not, because, right. man, I've got my vices, dude. You know, I have dabbled with drugs and like I like to party and like, I have my vices. Um, but another thing I gave up recently, which was a great passion of mine, was video games. Mm-hmm. And I've been a video gamer since I was a little kid. Like kids today, they don't—they don't, they don't know the that, struggle. Right, dude. Right, Back in course. the day, I was playing my Atari 20, 2600. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the games today are—they're insanely so good. Yeah, goddamn good, yeah. dude. They, I mean, I was playing this Assassin's Creed, man. I'm a disciplined human being, right? I fucking have schedules and I wake up and meditate for 45 minutes every single day. And I fucking exercise and I watch what I, I'm a disciplined human being. And I got this game about four or five weeks ago. And this thing had me in its clutches. I remember sitting there. I came in from the store with it. I sat down at five o'clock at midnight. I, I looked at my phone to see the time. And I was like, what the fuck just happened to me? Yeah. Like, I, and I realized, okay, you need to get a grip on this, right? Yeah. Like, uh, th- those games are so so good there is so much intelligence and creativity and genius poured into them but the problem is and don't get me wrong like if you want to play a video game a couple times a week escape for an hour sure. that's cool i get it i get it it's but when these, it takes over your life
0: it yeah it's
2: but the thing is these games it's like it's almost like saying Man, you want to have a hit of meth or like a, like right. a, you wanna you wanna smoke heroin everything. Super like, addictive, right? Dude, you can't yeah. you can't do it with those games, bro. They're so powerful. The gameplay loops are so there's people sitting down in rooms that are are using their understanding of psychology, storytelling, game design to create these little loops that cause your brain to rewire itself. It's of like course. literally like, it dangles a little carrot, then you get the carrot, then it puts another carrot, and it keeps it keeps doing that over and over yeah, again. Yeah. And again, it's the same spectrum as porn, right? Porn's like, oh, I want to see like a redhead with huge tits or whatever it is, and then, then you click that, and then it's like, okay, I've seen that. What's the next thing? And then yeah, it dangles yeah, another little carrot. And then, Again, remember I was talking about the spectrum in the yeah. beginning, right? Uh, I don't know where, where I was going with this, but um, oh, that, that's it. You were talking about loneliness. I get why these dudes play the online games, right? Sure. It's because... You know the the crazy thing is, with every wholesome, good thing that comes from the source, bro, that like that I think that I believe is inspired, like and and is healthy, like having a meal with your family or working hard mm-hmm. or, uh, um, communing with friends. There's always a shadow. There's a shadow version of it, of course, like a, a, a doppelganger. That yeah. that's the opposite. And online gaming, the kids want community. They want to connect with people. They want to. You know, they want to go out and hunt with their tribe and yep. make the kill, and and that is this very pale, very uh, far inferior reflection. But it's the only fucking thing they've got.
0: Yeah, right? the online gaming. Yeah, that's the only of thing of they it, got, right? Course. They're not
2: like the dude doesn't have like a, a group of friends that he can go out like on a hunt
0: with or something. But yeah. he's got his buddies he can go play Call of Duty with, right? And I think that's why things like. Well, you're more than familiar with that idea. Things like jujitsu, right? Like why do so many people love to get on the mat and grapple with other people? Which when you think yeah. about it in the great scheme of things, is that really that important no, for your life? No, they're not. rolling
2: around in their pajamas. It's the community exactly. a community there That's Exactly. Yeah. A lot
0: of it is that sense of, oh, we are, endorphins are kicking in. We are playing in a way that's healthy physically where you feel good, like your body's happy to be there. And more importantly, there are a bunch of other people they are connecting with. And so martial arts schools, for example, become mini community centers for people. Sure. They become their thing that is like, that's what gives meaning to all the other stuff sure. that they do in life. And it's funny when you think about it, but it boils down to that. Uh, it like,
2: 100% boils down to that. That's why Jesus non-tribal so
0: culture, having a martial arts school in the city where you can work in your cubicle, you can have your bullshit, but you go to the dojo sure. to train. It's like, ah, oh, that creates some... Um, and so it's funny how he, clearly that's a substitute for a tribe is different from having an actual tribe, but it's yeah, still I, I something it's, powerful.
2: I mean, I don't even—I wouldn't even say it's a substitute, man. I would
0: actually say that—not a substitute mm-hmm. in a negative sense, because I know you are playing the kind of the shadow version versus sure. the healthy version. I'm not implying that this is the shadow at all. I think it's a cool one. Fair enough. It's just one that's fitting in a model that's in not tribal context, in yeah, nature. a yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's a still... substitute
2: for. Go- in fact, my very first martial arts instructor who was such an amazing he's still around he's in south africa such a cool guy he was telling me how uh well, he sat down with us once and he was explaining why it is really important for us to compete because when we compete it's like going out on a hunt so mm-hmm. the, the, the tribe goes they go hunt the animal and then they come back and share whereas with jiu-jitsu or, or it was mma at the time we'd all go compete together And then we'd come back and share the victories and Mm -hmm. the losses. And it was this kind of ritualistic process. And no, I totally agree with you, Danielle. I know what I find is the unhappiest I am is, you know, I I work very hard. I have online businesses and they require a lot of concentration and a lot of time spent on my own in front of that computer focusing. And I enjoy my work. But if I I spend too much time on my own indoors, that's when I start to get unhappy. Mm. And the two antidotes I have are, Nature. Time with people, nature, and nature, right. right? And preferably together, but mm-hmm.
0: like one or the other can do it. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think speaking of the shadow version, I think what you were, like what you perfectly phrased with the idea of the healthy version and the shadow version of the same thing. That's, I think what I was trying to say earlier about what you are doing with this new work they are pushing in. I feel that that's the healthy version versus there's the shadow yes. version of the 10,000, uh, low or levels have these pills so, yeah. and the, uh, the wannabe self-help guru are in many cases, charlatans. Yeah, yeah. Dubious to say the least, or even when they do have some good tips, there's usually a lot of weird, dark shit that goes mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas in your case, I feel like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> it's like when you look at it from the outside, somebody can think, oh, we're talking about the same thing. Is like, no, it's one is the shadow sure. version, yeah. and one is the actual yeah. healthy version. Sure, of it.
2: I like, uh, yeah, I like to think mine is the healthy version, uh, but yeah, and a lot of those guys uh, are doing good work as well. And, and again, nothing is as black and white as, as that, right? I'm sure they're, they're part shadow, part, yeah, part yeah. light, sure. the same way I've got, I've, dude, I got my shadows, right? But I appreciate that, Daniela. That's yeah. a great compliment, my brother.
1: Thank you, real quick. What do you guys think about Denver legalizing uh, psilocybin <laughs> mushrooms?
2: praise the lord (laughs) yeah it's like praise the lord even in dark times there's hopeful little snippets
1: we've got a a friend of ours that uh he's a veteran Uh and he takes out these ptsd guys Mm -hmm. and he's fixing them
2: no way yeah oh i can believe no no way i can believe that totally yeah
1: it enables them to sort of rewire themselves sure
0: you would love to meet him yeah Um, you guys Uh, would well super nice guy
2: there's you know again it's, it's very important when uh, I think this is a message that needs to be brought across, but it it must be tempered by the, the warning. Psychedelics can fuck you up. Yep. Right. Even weed can fuck you up. I've seen dudes lose their mind on weed. There's a couple of famous dudes here in LA who have literally lost their fucking minds because of weed. Right. Uh, you know, people can have a bad mushroom trip and be institutionalized. Right. I, it's very clear to understand that these things have their inherent risks but I guess life is a risk, right? Um, but I truly do believe that you know the world's in a fucked up state at the moment, right? Like it's, it's pretty obvious, right? In certain ways, we've had it better than we've ever mm-hmm. had, but there's certain things that we all know. There's problems, right? Yep. I think I think psychedelics are the one of the one of the the seeds that are gonna start. Or I think ultimately the the cure lies in what psychedelics have to offer. Uh, that's, that's the best right. way I can describe it. Truly, I mean, I think if it's everyone says it's a cliched statement, but man, if you made all of the U.S. Congress and Senate have a strong mushroom trip or a strong ayahuasca trip,
0: problem solved. Problem fucking solved, dude. But then, why do you think there are? And again, not necessarily the majority, but there's a good chunk of people that I'm sure we have met who are have done all that. And you look at them and you're like, holy shit, you were better when you were a shark uh, working 24, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it's like... Can, can you give an example? Not Well, name, <laughs> we, not we name, won't but mention name. but, you know, it's like you can have the the people who say all the right things, you know, like the words seem not that different from what we're saying right now. Mm-hmm. But their energy, their vibe, their everything, you know, they have been through the experience, but somehow it hasn't changed their core. They mm. just have learned to say the right words about I it. I think like, I might
2: know the person you're referring to. Well, um, there's more than
0: one even, but I, yes, yeah. the, you know, it's like, yeah. it's one of the things where I feel like people do that. And for some people it's transformative and it's amazing and it helps kind of unleash sure. this thing that was always inside of them and it's beautiful. And other people are like... Like okay. a chameleon,
2: basically, they've just, or leopard. They, oh, well, that's the expression, leopard can't change its spots, But they've basically yeah. just, you know, that's a fantastic question. And I think the answer, Daniele, is women are definitely better than this at men in general. But the answer is just, how does it make you feel? How does that person's, when you watch their videos yep. or when you interact with them, or how does it make you feel? Because yep. you, on some level... You can't lie to people, bro. Mm -hmm. Everyone I'm reading a very interesting book called Letting Go, The Pathway to Surrender. And this guy says, act as if people can read your thoughts because they can. Yep. They fucking can, dude. Absolutely. Like, you know, like you can tell someone, hey man, I really like you, you're really cool. And if you hate him, he knows. He fucking knows, dude. Mm -hmm. Like you can't fake that shit, you know. So I, I think the answer to that is, and again, your ability. It's a skill. It's, an, it's a it's a it's a a talent that we all have—an innate talent, and it's intuition. Your ability to dial into that and get the answers from that is directly proportionate to how well you exercise that muscle yep. through things like meditation and reflection and journaling and not sitting in front of the TV for eight hours a day or playing Call of Duty. You know what I mean? Yeah, so
0: in that sense, yes, psychedelics can be a great tool. But again, they're not the magic pill that if you're an asshole, they turn into Buddha. It's not going to happen. There's there's more than the psychedelic to make the journey from asshole to Buddha. It's a bit of a... But
1: there's that awakening. I mean, once you've been stepped through the doorway, you never get to come all the way back. And there's just something about that moment. For sure. Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: yeah. Well, one thing that we were, we have been toying uh, online a few times saying, Oh, we need to chat about it. And then we never did. Speaking of, uh, well, speaking of a lot of things that we touched on, I remember you were obsessed for a little bit with the <laughs> documentary Wild Wild Country. Yeah, It was on Netflix. If you guys haven't checked it out, it's definitely fascinating. That's that whole story, just to give a tiny bit of background to people who are not familiar with, it's one of those ridiculously fascinating story (laughs) that I have a very hard time summing up even my feelings in a clear-cut way. Because the story of this one guy, uh, Bhagwan Shri Rajneesh, uh, also known as Osho, who emerges kind of like this um, guru slash anti guru, because in many ways he was kind of playing against the standard uh, guru of the 60s and 70s of what you would expect that guy to be. He broke a lot of the assumptions about the game. And yet at the same time, you know, people are still uh, dressed in orange, going to this thing. It's like it had a yeah. guruish vibe to it. And not just 10 of them. No, ju- huge. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay, so let me yeah. put something on the table right away. I've read, I don't know, probably 30 books by this guy. Okay. And because I liked it a lot. Like I found this thought process beyond fascinating. Mm-hmm. I find it perfect Taoism a lot of the time, right? A lot of his shit is supremely useful to me as my intellectual growth. I, it has helped me a bunch. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you look at some of the stuff that what happens and you see what happens in wild, wild country. And, you know, it, it's an ongoing joke that I remember I had with my dad when we were chatting about Osho, where I would be like, whichever one of us starts, it would, you would have to say the opposite because it's like, you say, the guy's a genius and he's like, Yes, but he also fucked up royally in a way that's so bad it's not even funny. And if you put the accent in, oh, Jesus, why he was such a dumbass, how could he fuck up so bad? Then you also have to go, yeah, but let's remember he was also a genius. (laughs) And and the fact is both are true. Like his fuck-ups are on such a huge scale (laughs) that it's like you cannot downplay them, sure. but at the same time, some of his brilliant stuff was brilliant in a I way mean, that you cannot downplay. paradigm shifting. Yeah, right? and so it's uh, fascinating because I know you like, you know, you read his stuff and you like his stuff, but then, you know, clearly why Country put the accent born on the stuff sure. that did not work very well, sure. to put it mildly, yeah. where, you know, they went, he and these guys went to Oregon, established, basically created a city out of nothing in Oregon, which sounded sweet, except that things got dark pretty fast there. Yeah. And uh, what, I don't know, take it, there are 10,000 ways to take it. So any which way wow, you want that's such a, what a topic, man. Man, Osho was,
2: a, a specific Osho book was what got me into meditation. Mm-hmm. And, and meditation, as I was discussing with a friend of mine, I said to him, what would you pay? What, what would, how much is your meditation worth to you, your meditation practice? And he just said, priceless, priceless, right? So for that, I can never... I mean, even if I found out that Osho was a child molester, I'd still have to have to kind of have some sort of respect for him, right? And I I don't think he was. Luckily, he wasn't a child molester, so we don't need to go there. Still, right? No matter what, you could tell me that guy tortured people, and I'm still grateful to him for leading me to meditation. Right? What was the book? Uh, It was called um, Aloneness.
0: Sorry, no, it was called Yeah, Aloneness. Because he, like, he didn't really write books per se. They were speeches he gave. Yeah. Yeah. That's why there are like 150, 200 books by him, but really he didn't write any of them. They're all speeches he gave. And so they're like mm-hmm. titles are kind of recycled because they are not really thought of. Yeah. You. In fact, I might be wrong on that title.
2: Uh, it's just, it was his specific discourses on um, relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had the word alone or aloneness in the title. Uh, and. Man, when I read that book, then I was like, okay, I was like you. Like, pff, I can read 30 Osho books yeah. and watched every documentary. And, and I was like, man, this guy, this guy, I remember saying to someone, I said, look, there have been spiritual teachers that we, historical figures, Jesus, Buddha, Lao Tzu. But all we have is the their writings, right? I mean, these were enlightened men, but man, we have got, actual fucking video, video footage of an enlightened man one of it's like if we had if i showed you a video of jesus walking the earth and or jesus talking giving a sermon we've got those of osho that's the level he's on dude this guy i remember reading a review of one of his books and this guy said and it struck me when osho was at his peak it was like the universe was just flowing through him the wisdom of the universe was just he was just a vessel for this right he was fucking enlightened but then I sent you an article a few months ago, right? Just before Wild Wild Country, and this was a man who spent a lot of time with Osho, and saw things on the inside. Right. Yep. And what he said, which really stuck with me, was enlightenment and morality aren't necessarily linked. Right. Right. Just because you are in touch with the universe and connected to the source and everything, that doesn't necessarily mean you're a good person. Yeah, of course. And that was huge for me because for me it was like okay the most enlightened person must necessarily be the best person or the the, the highest quality human being. And it's not always the case, right? And you can meet people who are high quality people. Mm -hmm. You know, they have raised amazing uh, families. They pay their taxes. They've never done a bad thing. They're kind. They're good. And these people have zero understanding of the deeper spiritual aspects sure. of life.
0: So it's not always, they don't always go hand in hand. No, right? That's where Star Wars come in handy, right? Just because you're a master of the force doesn't mean you're a nice person. You can be 100%. the emperor. <laughs> ah, that's a <laughs> right. Yeah, like, Exactly right. Yeah, you're exactly. a master, but that doesn't exactly, tell us you're right. a good person. Exactly.
2: Yes. And man, I think that Osho, I don't, I wouldn't say he was a, Again, it's, it's not, you can't really just make it as black and white yeah, as good or bad. I agree. I agree. He I agree. wasn't
0: like this uh, demon guy was fucking evil. people. No. No, he wasn't evil. He just, but he fucked up so he bad. He fucked up, dude. He yeah. fucked, I
2: mean, keep in mind, he got addicted to um, certain drugs. Yep. He, I mean, towards the end of his life, he was a drug addict. Yep. Right. Like No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was... Man, think about the pressure on a human being's psyche when you're surrounded by... Yes, man, to that level. Yep. When you're surrounded by people that are telling you you're Jesus, you're God. you yep. and people falling at your feet, right? People creating communes for you and building cities for you. Man, I know for sure I'd start believing my own hype. Of I'd course. start drinking the Kool-Aid. Of I'd course. probably become a drug addict. Like so we gotta we gotta look at it like that. Man, when you're channeling those kinds of energies,
0: yep. it's it's going to be tough, right? Yeah. It's a bit too much. Yeah. For, and clearly, you know, while he may have been brilliant in a certain way, clearly wasn't well-equipped to handle 100%, it. 100%. Because it's, he flipped. Yeah, you know? he did, dude. He fell like he fell. Yeah, big time. And yeah, some of the stuff that... And I think that's what's funny about seeing stuff like that, that it's so easy to dismiss it as one thing or another, to either downplay all the dark stuff and play, oh, but Osho is such a genius or to instead focus on only the crap and say, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, whatever. He said two nice things, but he was a monster. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it's a bit more complicated it's really than either. Black and white, you know? it's... it's really black and white. Yeah. And now I got to go back. Right? Yeah. right? We need yeah. to, uh, but yeah, that's an interesting story for sure, because that shows you something about idealism. You know, a lot of the sure. Osho stuff was because he was built on cool ideas then you have this ideal that you're going to change society. You're going to create a wonderful community. You're going to do all these things that bring a more happy light into the world. Sure. And then you see how it plays out and it doesn't turn out that way. And you actually have not just in the relationship with the ranchers or things like that, which got pretty ugly, pretty fast, but even in things like, um, you know, some kids that grew up in, uh, are in Osho communes around the world, Not everybody had the greatest experience. You know, there (laughs) were, there were some nasty things that happened. There were some things where people are like, dude, my parents in the name of being happy hippies, they were shitty parents Mm. and they, (laughs) you know, and it's like that also is part of the equation and it cannot be ignored or swept under the rug. It's like, just because you have all the good ideas, just because you have all the good intentions and you are beginning to take steps that are also good doesn't mean that you're going to end up in a good, like sure. you need to keep making the right choices at every step. 100%. And you can have made the right choices in the first six steps and suddenly you fuck up and the whole thing goes down the drain. 100%. You know? It's like, it's kind of like, you know, you're in jujitsu and you pulled off a beautiful sweep and now you're setting up the submission and it's there and you let you it go and the, the guy I just can... gets on top of you and chokes you 100%. out. 100%, like, yeah.
1: Well, you make a TV show, everybody digs and as it's getting to the landing
0: I don't know anything mm. about what you may be referring to. Uh, yes. I can't People, why everybody got a bitch about everything? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Just, yeah, Sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Mean, enjoy it, right? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, so it's a it's a fascinating process because it's easy to you know when you look at monsters, when you look at the Stalin of the world. I was or I stuff was like thinking that. when you
2: were talking about that, I was yeah. thinking about Stalin. I was yeah. that was the thing in my mind. I was like, man, I'm sure that I mean that's how they sold that on on an ideal. We're of all going to share. Of Everything's going to be cool. Yeah. Right. Yep. Look
0: what happened with that. Yeah. No, absolutely, and it can and does happen a mm. lot. I mean, there's. Um, I remember Daryl Cooper, the guy who does Martyr Made podcast. He's doing right now this series on Jonestown, cool. and he's doing like the first two episodes he has done so far on Jonestown are he's giving you a background on Jim Jones. He's giving you a background on and some of the stuff. You know, I always thought Jim Jones, you know, crazy bastard was just how could anybody possibly <laughs> yeah. follow yeah. this guy? It's yeah. the stereotype yeah. of every bad guy. Go- And, I mean, you still see, even early on, you still see that are disturbing about him, that should warn everybody away. Mm -hmm. But he's also doing some stuff where you can go like, oh, I see why people had, you know, he was pushing for um, basically civil rights at a time and a place where most people were not, definitely not most white people he was busting his ass in a way that was like, oh man, he's putting his own energy on the line. Interesting. There. Now he was a narcissistic with issues to begin with. And a lot of this stuff, he was doing it for his own ego, but still he wasn't the guy who started as uh, you know, evil dude, uh, selling Kool-Aid literally to people for the, you know, you can see there was definitely some messed up stuff from the start, but there's also a degree of idealism. Same for way sure. as if you look at most horrendous things in history, they, they are not like the stereotypical villain from Jim James Bond movie. You know It starts with some, either a real need that's felt by people or even a real idea that yes. people get, you know, from communism. Be- be- because
2: to- I mean, all, all of those cult leaders and people who are able to shift the consciousness and the energy of huge masses of people, yep. they all the way they do it, the way they hook people is through dangling a little bit of truth. There's always got, they've got to have a little bit of power. They've got to have a little bit of connection. They've got to have a little bit of insight, a little bit of wisdom. And we are all human, human beings are generally good, right? We generally have within us the archetypes of the ideals we, we, because that's what we are, bro. we we're we're like spiritual beings who have these, we're all intrinsically good. And when you see it, it's, it's even a little bit of it, it becomes so, it's so alluring. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful but the problem is then it's always a bait and switch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And
0: he's got to start sleeping with all the women or right. he's got to get all the money or, or he gets a... his guitar out. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's how it is, right? <laughs> it's like and it's not necessarily that the guy is like cynical manipulating from day one. Maybe sometimes it is. Sometimes mm. as you say regarding Osho, he gets lost in his own he bullshit. Lost you in know, his own it's like too, yeah. there are challenges that he can't meet and he cracks under the pressure. Yeah. And that's how it is. 100%. And I mean I said to you guys at the beginning of this uh, conversation that I
2: don't want to look, man, I, I'm, I'm not a political left, mm-hmm. or political right. Like, I don't want to get into it. I, I mean, we all have our views on President Trump and is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? But one of the things that hit me the other day, man, is that guy, regardless of what you feel about his policies and his what the job he's doing, mm-hmm. like really it, beyond all that, God damn, the amount of pressure that motherfucker is under. The amount of pressure that that job sure. you know I, mean? I mean, Obama had it as well, of course. But right? like the amount—I mean, every single thing you do yep. is scrutinized. No matter what you do, you're going to piss someone off.
0: It doesn't matter what you do; someone's going to get pissed which off. Which is why the range of people who want to become president of the United States there's usually something psychologically yeah. off. You're <laughs> right? not there because to want that life—it's got to be. Yeah, you are either a saint which never happens yeah. <laughs> or there's something really psychologically 100%. off there because 100%. it's like when the right mind would ever choose to have that yeah. life. You What's know?
2: That? There's an expression, uh, the, just the fact that you want a position like that should automatically disqualify you for Yeah. That, right?
0: Police yeah. officers and politicians. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. Okay.
2: I, did, I hadn't heard police officers, but that's interesting. Well, if it's you want like
0: that job. You probably shouldn't yeah, have. Yeah. I hadn't heard that one. Yeah. Cause it's that power. You know, and there's so much price to pay to get there and there's so much pressure that is like, why in the universe would you choose that? I mean, it's, it's again, cliched. Everyone's heard it a million
2: times, but I think about a lot that, that expression power corrupts and absolute Uh power corrupts. Absolutely. Man, you know, I've gone deep within my psyche, deep, 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 deep within my psyche. I've asked these questions many times and man, I've got zero desire for power. It's weird. Like zero, you know, there are certain things I want, like certain material things and family things and like experiences but power it just it holds no interest to me mm-hmm. like for, for me it, it's honestly it, again cliched it's
0: self mastery power of yourself right that is that's the gold so you don't want to burn down a city to get the iron <laughs> throne come on it's all worth it is for the greater good maybe it's, in another life maybe in may- another
2: life you and I will meet on the on the fields of <laughs> in the fields of Elysium right right and, uh, <laughs> After we've just conquered Asgard or whatever it might be. It's,
0: uh, no, but I got it. Yeah. I completely
1: got it. So is there a good website to get a hold of you from? Or Yeah, man. I just go to liberationmentor.com. Well, we'll definitely send you that way.
2: Thank you so much. This has been great. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. Beautiful, man. Thank you so very man, much. Thank you. That was. I feel my brain was stretched by that. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you, thank, thank you. Thank you. Guys, guys that was fun. Sweet.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, as we're getting ready to wrap this episode, let me just say a couple of things. First is a huge thank you to the sweet folks who have been donating to us. Very, very much appreciated. You know, we know that when you release stuff for free, it's always uh, on a prayer, the fact that anybody will return the favor and decide to support you. And, you know, typically most podcasts are supported by a ridiculously tiny percentage of people listening. So the people who do this deserve some thanks. So let me thank you, the following folks. Let the pottering begin. We got Robert Primos, Jim D'Amico, Matt Chebrae, Matthew Bruti, Ben Quebas, Thomas McNicholas, Jesse Rantacangas. I'm totally taking a guess on how to pronounce that one. Let me try that one again. Ranta Rantacangas. That sounds so cool. I like it. Gianni Linima. Aaron Weisner, Chris Trejbal, Vratislav Kozovsky, Christopher Parcel, and Brenda Guzman. You guys are heroes. Thank you so much for supporting us. Deeply appreciated. In the open, I also forgot about somebody. One of our surviving sponsors. One of the great ones. We got Sure Design T-shirts. You guys know the drill. Sure Design T-shirts are some of the most comfortable things you could ever wear. We made our own t-shirts, all the Drunken Taoists, TQ Sojun, uh, Dionysian Parade, Surfing Nietzsche, all of the t-shirts that we have made for the podcast. We are using Short Design for all of them. But even if you are not buying one of ours, if you really just want to check the very wide range of designs that Short Design has, check them out at shortdesigntshirts.com. Those guys are awesome. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sponsoring us. Um, quick shout out to Daisy House for the music always appreciated uh, there are also more links in the episode notes so if you guys are into chocolate there's one of our affiliates is CoraCao chocolate you can check them out to taste some of their goodies they are amazing I must say uh, as I mentioned in the open if you do shop on Amazon please try to use our Amazon link doesn't cost you an extra dime and it helps us a whole bunch, so that's always very, very much appreciated. With that in mind, I think we are ready for the moment when I wish you a wonderful day. You guys have a great one. See you next time.
1: So ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at D Bolelli. That's D B O L E L L I, and you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1, R I C H I M O N, and the numeral one. We'll see y'all soon. Woo.
0: No, you don't. In questo cazzo
1: in questo caso, le provvidenza di Dio.
0: Duncan showed you the way. Eh? Oh man, and that's scary. The thing. Nice. So don't kill people. Do that instead. <laughs>
1: This was great. Fucking awesome. And I love this character.
0: I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been having a great hour here. I completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's... So let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and... uh, Uh, Your accent, it just... Whatever that movie is you were trying to tell me about. Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one, exactly. (laughs) Just as I was saying, you know, (laughs) Tombstone. Now, most everybody thought... (coughs) Sorry. We'll (coughs) we'll do a cut on there. Or not, that was something else. (laughs) No, that's maybe too powerful. (laughs) What do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky.
1: Podcasting. It's like radio,
0: but you can cuss.